faith. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Bob. B-O-B, B-O-B, forwards, backwards, you can't screw it up. Okay? I'm a very simple person, but I have a passion, a desire to see our Father glorified and to see that glory go to all the nations. I thought I had it. Oh, now it's on. Uh, glorified to all the nations on the face of the earth. Are we not on? Test, test, test. Are we good? Test, test, test. Here we come. All right. I'm on. And so anyhow, uh, I am glad to be here. I am speaking tonight up in Dayton, tomorrow night here, and then Wednesday and Thursday to other places in Ohio and Kentucky. Uh, and so I am excited about being in this area. Uh, I'm going to be speaking to you, <clears throat> and you're largely going to be looking at the screens. I use PowerPoint quite a bit. That's my style. Some of you are going to hate it. Some of you are going to love it. Uh, I hope for those of you who hate it, you put up with me. Uh, but that's how I get to communicate a large amount of information with a small period of time. People say that listening to me is like taking a sip out of a fire hydrant, so buckle your seatbelts, okay? We're about to jump into this. Let me first quickly introduce you to my family. There's my beautiful family. I've got four wonderful kids. Uh, they go anywhere from 27 to 32 years of age. Got three beautiful grandchildren. This is the last wedding. Uh, we had three weddings last fall during COVID. Uh, one in August, one September, and one in November. This is the November one, the, no the last one. Uh, my daughter there getting married. Uh, <clears throat> used to work over in the Middle East. She's fluent in Arabic, but she's come home now uh, because a young man caught her heart. She's a wonderful bride, but not all brides are wonderful. If you've ever watched the movie, It Takes Two. It's a story <clears throat> of a woman who wants to marry this man, not because she's in love with him, but because he's filthy rich. And <laughs> she says, if I just marry this guy, I've got it on easy street. And so she arranges, you know, kind of goes after him, gets his attention, let's get married in six months, finds out, well, oh, maybe there's another woman in here. I need to rush this thing along. Let's get married in two weeks. And so I want you to see this video clip. It, it goes like this. What is taking so long? Relax, Clary. Enjoy the moment. Uh, this is the happiest day of your life. I'm happy. Don't I look happy? <laughs> This is me happy. See? <laughs> happy, 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 happy. Let's get the show on the road. Get moving. There are two girls trying to slow it all up. Two steps forwards, one step backwards. I would have thought my first little girl would be the last to get married. Oh, Daddy. Shut up. All right, I'm here. Let's do it. For which you are poor in sickness and under health as long as you both should live. I do, I do. I really do. Now him. What do we think of selfish brides, yay or boo? Obvious is what? Boo, that's right. Hey, we the church, we the church are the bride of Christ. What would it look like if we the church were a selfish bride? Why would we seek after God? Not for who he is, but for what he could what? Give us. Give us. That's right. That is something that I call cat theology. Cat 
theology. We're going to go over something called cat and dog theology. Cat theology, men and women, I want to challenge you, is like a cancer in the church. And we don't even know it. I had cancer on my back. I didn't know it. My wife had me go check it out. The doctor said, that's cancer. You need to get that taken care of. So too, in the church, I want to challenge you. There's a cancer. And cat theology asks one very simple, basic question. And that question is this. Who is the main character? Or who did Jesus primarily die for? Who did Jesus primarily die for? Now, you, you, you're probably scratching your head. Primarily? What does that mean? I mean, he died for us. Is there anything else that he died for? Who did Jesus primarily die for? There are two main possible answers if you really look at it theologically and dig deep into the word. One was he died for the Father's glory. The other is that he died for us, humanity people. Two very different answers. Now I want to make two very bold statements to you this morning. Statement number one is this. I want to say that God is the main character of the Bible and he lives to radiate his glory. And Jesus died primarily to glorify his father. Second statement I want to make is this. The average Christian today says God is the main character, but we live and act as if humanity, us, we are the main character, and humanity often replaces God on the throne. And without realizing it, we can sometimes basically be worshiping ourselves. Let me give you two examples. Example number one, why did Jesus Christ come to the earth? Go to any person or any church and ask them the question. They say, oh, he came to die for our sins. Yeah, that's right. He came to die for our sins. Set with what kind of perspective? What does God get or what do people get? What do you think? Yeah, people. That's a people-centered question. We ask, hey, what did I get out of that? What do people get into that? What's in that for me? What's in that for us? It's an instant filter that we constantly go, what did I get out of Christ came to the earth. Uh, What did I get out of Oh, he died for my sins. Yeah. Well, what did God get out of Jesus' death? I had one man in my audience years ago stand up and say, hey, he got us, straight back to the instant filter. Forget about us. He got glory, honor, praise, worship, obedience, and much, much more. Give me a second example of how we think we are the center. What is our primary reason for not wanting people to go to hell? Well, the average person will say, so they won't suffer. Said with what kind of perspective? God-centered or people-centered? People-centered. We're constantly worried about people far more than we're worried about God. David says in Psalm 30, verse 9, What gain is there in my destruction and my going down into the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? David is far more concerned about God not being praised than he's worried about dying. Hmm. That's interesting. What about Jesus? Did Jesus focus primarily on us or his Father when he went to the cross? Paul tells us why Christ came. Romans chapter 15, verses 8 and 9. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that, so that, there's a reason, says Paul, there's a purpose for why Christ came, so that the Gentiles, that's you and me, Non-Jewish people, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. So that the Gentiles, what, Paul? What about the Gentiles? So that the Gentiles might not go to hell. No, that's not what the text says. But it's a perfect place to say, why didn't Paul say so that the Gentiles might not go to hell? 
Well, the reason he did not say that is because the primary reason for Christianity is not avoiding hell. Let me repeat that. The primary purpose of Christianity is not avoiding hell. So what does he say? So that the Gentiles may what? Glorify God for his mercy. Men and women, you and I were saved for a purpose. You and I were saved for a reason that we might bring our Father glory. That's why we're saved. That's why we're here. That's why we're on this earth. Jesus, in fact, endured the cross for the glory of the Father. Let me give you the context here. In John chapter 12, verses 27 and 28, Jesus is one day away from the cross. He's in Jerusalem with his disciples. As he's with his disciples, uh, he is um, talking with them, and he's opening up his heart for one of the very first times to, to, to his disciples. We read these words. John 12, 27, And now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. So he's, he's saying, guys, I really don't want to do this. I don't want to die. This is going to hurt. It's going to be painful, but it's the whole reason I came. I've got to go through with it. And then he says one word. The very next word is the word Father. And it's very key. Why? He switched his audiences. He's no longer talking to his disciples. He's now talking to his heavenly Father. Now remember the context. He's one day away from the cross. One day away from dying, one of the worst deaths any human can endure, slow suffocation, death on the cross. And as he's one day away from this slow suffocation, he's about to talk to his heavenly Father about why he's going to go and die. Now, let me ask you uh, this question. Do you think Jesus is going to talk to his heavenly Father about the primary reason for why he's going to the cross or a secondary reason. Now, I need audience participation here. I need you to say primary or secondary. What do you think, primary or secondary? Primary. I think primary, too. I think primary, too. Okay, Father, what does he not say? He does not say. Sometimes, men and women, it's far important to see what the Scriptures do not say in order to feel the full impact of what they do say. He does not say, Father, save these kind, wonderful, worthy people from hell. They don't deserve it. He didn't say that. In fact, he didn't even mention us. <gasps> I thought it was all about us. No. It wasn't primarily about us. What does he say? Father, glorify your name. Glorify your name. Christ died primarily to bring his Father glory. Exactly. Did he die for us? Yes. Did he die for the Father's glory? Yes. Which one seems to be primary? Well, Jesus seems to be communicating that his Father's glory is a far higher priority. Depending upon who Christ died primarily for, you'll have two totally different types of theology. I call them cat and dog theology. Now I love my dog and my cat. Here's our dog Jasmine. White Mixed Lab, everybody loves Jasmine, wonderful dog. Here's our cat Simba, okay? But cats and dogs are very, very different. Coming up to you, they are totally different. 
okay? When I go out and I'm driving home and my dog hears the car, she gets out of the doghouse, runs around in circles, barks as loud as she can with excitement. I open the door, she puts her front paws up on the driver's seat, I scratch her behind her ears, her tail goes a thousand miles an hour. I know my dog loves me. When I walk into the house where my cat is, nothing. Doesn't even look at me, won't even acknowledge me. If he does acknowledge me, he'll jump down off the couch. He'll rub his head up against my leg. That's his way of saying, I own you, pal. Get me some food. That's about the only relationship that I have with my cat and my dog. There's a joke about their two different mindsets. A dog says this, you pet me, you feed me, you shelter me, you love me. Wow, you must be God. Cat says the exact same thing. You pet me, you feed me, you shelter me, you love me. Wow, I must be God. That joke characterizes Christian theology around the world today. There are those who say, you are God, I live for you. And there are Christians who say, I must be God. God did everything for me. God must live for me. Two different Christianities. Dog theology says you must be God. Cat theology says I must be God. Now, cat reals, cats don't say I must be God in the church. They know theologically they get kicked out of the church. So they don't say I must be God. Here's what they say. This is audience participation time. They say it's all about us. God did everything for us. Jesus lived for us. Jesus died for us. Therefore, God must live for us. So here's how a cat thinks. Again, audience participation time here. I need you to jump in and join me, okay? Here's what a cat thinks. A cat thinks this way. Let's, say, let's, let's be realistic and, and, and think through this a second, okay? Um, Jesus left the Father's glory for me. He suffered for. He died for. He's coming back a second time for. He's up there building a, or he's building a mansion for me. He's up there interceding for. And he's coming back a second time for, gee, I wonder who God lives for. He must live for me. I love this God. Thank you. And, and of course, Ephesians 5.1 says, be imitators of God. And so if God lives for me, uh, guess what? I'm going to live for me too. But I get it. He wants me to go to church. He wants me to maybe help out in the Sunday school. Maybe uh, I'll do some other help there with the youth or, or something. But deep down inside, I'm doing all this for me. And we become selfish and self-centered in the church. A dog says, no, 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 cat, you missed it completely. Jesus left the Father's glory to glorify his Father. He suffered to glorify his father. He died to glorify his father. He's building a mansion to glorify his father. He's up there interceding for us to glorify his father. And he's coming back a second time to glorify his father. Men and women and all of us, you're going to find cat attitudes and dog attitudes. My secretary calls them catitudes. We all have catitudes, okay? I want to go over seven practical differences these two mindsets create. I'm going to show the extremes. Most of us fall somewhere in the middle. But I want to go over seven areas. Number one, two different main characters results in two motivations for getting into heaven. Two motivations for getting into heaven. Cats, you see, walk away from hell. If hell is over there and heaven is over there, here's how a cat gets to heaven. 
I don't want to go to hell. No, I don't want to go to hell. Hell no, I don't want to go. No. And they find out they can invite Jesus into their heart. They bow the prayer. They pray the prayer. And then they say, praise God, I'm saved. And all the time they were focused on whom? Themselves. They got into heaven focused on themselves. Dogs have fallen in love with God. They're not worried about hell. They're walking toward heaven because they found a God who's so beautiful, he's beauty, who's so glorious, he's glory, who's so powerful, he's almighty. And they've fallen in love with God. Matthew 13, 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his what? Joy. Went and sold all he had and bought the field. In his joy. Do you know what's supposed to characterize Christianity? Joy. Why? We found a treasure. For dogs, it's the joy of discovery. But for cats, it's the relief of escape. Praise the Lord, I'm not going to hell. Yeah, I prayed the prayer. I got baptized. I'm good. Don't worry. I'm okay. I'm going to make it. And they're relieved, but they don't have joy. How about another difference? Obedience. Both cats and dogs want obedience. They both go to an obedience school, but the obedience school they go to is just a little bit different. There is cat obedience school and there is dog obedience school. Dogs want people to obey God, whereas cats want God to obey people. Very different. How about quiet times? Both cats and dogs have quiet times. Here's what a dog is thinking during a dog's quiet time. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. How can I glorify God in my marriage? How can I glorify God in the way I treat my spouse? How can I glorify God in the way I raise my kids? How can I glorify God with my grandchildren? How can I glorify God at the office? How can I glorify God in the neighborhood? Where's God's glory shining in China? Where's his glory shining in Nepal? Where's God's glory shining down in Guatemala? A dog is worried about the glory of God. Well, cats have quiet times too. But their focus is just a little bit different. I'm talking about me. Mine, me. Oh, I love having quiet times. I love being the center of your attention, God. Oh, yeah, Lord. Pet me here. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. Scratch me right there. Cat, I love this song. And God. Here's a list of how you can best bless I want this me. And this and then and this. I'll tell you how I want to serve you, God. Nothing hard, of course. I don't do Just suffer, the easy God. stuff. Your glory? What? Why? Why? No, no, later, Lord. Let's get back to my list first. It's about me, God. What I like, what I want. Don't really, really care what you want. God, when I go to have a quiet time, we're going to talk about what I want. Not about what you want. God, this isn't about you. You died for me. Therefore, I'm going to tell you all the things that I want and that I need. You see, a cat's heart and a dog's heart both beat for God. One beats for his glory. The other one beats for his gifts. But in the area of prayers, cat prayers are not incorrect, but incomplete. Here's how a cat prays. Listen to this prayer. Dear Lord, Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Period. Full stop. End of prayer. 
That prayer is not incorrect, but it is incomplete. When I hear that prayer being prayed, deep down inside, I'm crying out, finish the prayer. Finish the prayer. He died on the cross for our sins so that, so that we might bring God glory. We might glorify him, honor him. We might point to his mercy. But no, for a cat, once they figure out their sins are forgiven, they forget about the rest of the prayer. Why? It was about them to begin with in their Christianity. They were focused on themselves. How about America and God? A cat has a bumper sticker that says, God bless America. And a dog has a bumper sticker that says, hey, how about America bless God? How about we not put the focus on us, but we keep the focus on God? In the area of lordship, cats and dogs both want lordship. Here's how a cat goes. A cat has a clipboard. Lord, here's how I want to serve you. I want to serve as a pastor at a mega church. I then want to start a new church plant in Hawaii. I want to work among the rich and the famous. After 15 years, I want to transfer to Denver, Colorado. Help me to write five bestsellers on how to be blessed by you. P.S. I don't work with the poor, the crippled, or the lame, and I won't go overseas. God, please sign here. And they tell God how they are going to serve him. Made up a cartoon book on how cats and dogs draw lines in the sand. A cat says, I said you could have everything, but don't touch my kids. Men and women, the greatest bottleneck to missions is parenting. Why? Most parents don't want their kids overseas. They want to raise them here, keep them here, and have their grandkids here. And say, so don't give them a vision for the world. So here's a cat's theme song. They surrender all to God. All to Jesus I surrender as long as I live safe and secure. Ask me to sacrifice or suffer. Listen, Lord, I'm out of here. I surrender I I surrender all up to a point is what a cat says. I'm not going to give you everything, God, just to a point. Whereas a dog has a clipboard, it says, Lord, I'll go anywhere, do anything, or say anything for your kingdom. Tell me how you want me to serve you. It's blank, and they've already put their signature on it. God, I surrender everything to you. You are my Lord. I'll go do, say anything for your kingdom. And so a dog drawing lines in the sands, my life, my wife, my kids, whatever pleases you, use us for your glory. Look at another difference, the blessings and the glory. In dog theology, our desire to be, see God glorified is greater than our desire to be blessed by God. Our desire to see God glorified is greater than our desire to be blessed by God. Dogs want blessings, yeah, but the glory is a far higher priority than the blessings. In cat theology, that's reversed. A cat's desire to be blessed by God is greater than their desire to see God glorified. Well, sure, God, you can get glory if you bless me in these areas. 
God, just give us that second house on the lake. Uh, allow me to get that promotion. Do all these things, and I will so glorify you. I will so praise you, God, if you bless me in these ways. And when God's glory points to something other than blessing, when God's glory says, hey, I want you to scale back. Don't get as big a house. Don't get as nice a car. Don't get as fast as a laptop. A cat prays about it and thinks, I don't think so, God. I saw how you blessed David. I saw how you blessed Moses. I saw how you blessed Solomon. I just want the blessings. God says, I want you to suffer to make my name great. And a cat says, That's just not us. I don't do suffer, God. I didn't give my life to you so I would suffer. I gave my life to you so I would be blessed, God. Bring down those blessings like you bring down the house. Yeah, God, I love it. I like it, and I want some more of it. God says, I want you overseas. I want you to go to North Africa where it's roughly two missionaries for every one million Muslims. And a cat gets very uncomfortable when it comes to the missions week and they start singing their favorite Scott Wesley Brown song. Please don't send me to Africa. I don't think I've got what it takes. Lord, I don't think I've got what it takes to make it over there. You know, I went on that short-term trip and blah, 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 I didn't like that. I took French. I didn't understand that. Latin was already a dead language, God. So uh, Arabic, there's no way I can handle that, God. So uh, I tell you what, though, I'll make you a deal. I'll serve you here in suburbia in my comfortable Got a, I just want a comfortable middle class life. I'll tithe 11%. I'll do whatever it takes to keep me in these soft chairs, God. But I'm not going overseas. And they've slowly lost the lordship of Christ in their lives. Seven differences between cats and dogs. I did a cartoon book. How cats and dogs view God. The dog says, ah, my master. The cat says, ah, my staff. God is here to serve us. Whereas dogs study theology, cats study meology. Have you noticed the theme? Cats are basically living for themselves in a Christian context. Their Christianity is centered on themselves. Their prayers have a lot of me, my, and I. Their worship songs have a lot of me, my, and I. Their problems take first priority in their prayer lives. They are far more worried about God advancing their kingdom than they're worried about advancing God's kingdom. What's a cat's goal in life? Well, they've been born, they're going to die, and they want to get between birth and death in the safest, happiest, easiest, most comfortable fashion possible. Any trials come into their life, get thee behind me, Satan. I want nothing to do with you. Now, this next slide is the worst slide of all of them. Cats want God's blessings more than they want God. Cats want God's blessings more than they want God. Lord, as long as I have Internet and Amazon Prime, I'm happy. That's all I'm asking. I can get anything I want in two days. But you, let's be honest, you're kind of boring. You don't really show up all the time emotionally like I like, so just give me the things and we'll be okay and I'll keep going to church, says a cat. Why? We're acting like a selfish bride. Men and women, 
Jesus died primarily for the glory of his Father. It's not about us. It's not about our lifestyle. It's not about our nation. It's about the kingdom of God. When you see the opening slides in the morning and it says, your kingdom come, it's not your kingdom, it's his kingdom. What do we do, Lord, to make your kingdom come? Two totally different Christianities. One that says, I'm here to serve God. And the other that says, God is here to serve me. Experts tell me, and you're going to forget 90% of what you've heard in 72 hours. <laughs> it never encourages a pastor, does it? <laughs> if you are interested, if you learn by reading, there is a book called Cat and Dog Theology. You can get that. Uh, it's out there on that book table. It goes much more in-depth into what I've talked to you about. Cat and Dog Prayer. This book basically says, quit praying prayers for your kingdom. Start praying prayers for God's kingdom, and you'll start seeing more answers to prayer. A cat and dog look at the cross. This helps you understand many, the primary reasons of why Christ came to die on this earth, and it looks at how cat theology has affected the church without us even knowing it. And then for those of you with children and grandchildren, 102 differences between cats and dogs for kids, cartoons for kids, uh, that 100 everyday scenarios where cats and children will find themselves in, such as taking out the trash. How does a cat respond? How does a dog respond? The cat says, why me? I did it last time. It's too heavy. And a dog says, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Kids actually love this book. So if the worship team could come back up. Is this time right? Am I right about on the time there? Let's, why don't we pray? And, uh, and then the worship team will lead us in worship. Father, Though tonight's, today's, this morning's talk is somewhat fun and somewhat funny, sometimes it can hit us right between the eyes. We don't want to live for ourselves in a Christian context. Forgive us if we've been doing that. Open up our eyes to see what it means to live for you, what it means to live for your glory, what it means to lay down our lives in a way that glorifies you. We want nothing less but the world can sometimes keep pulling us back to ourselves. Help us to die to ourselves, live for you, live for your kingdom, and say to God, be the glory. We ask it in Christ.